But uh, all right, so we're we're definitely uh, five minutes past now, which is it's fine. So we can uh, start talking about these two chapters. Um, uh, it, it'll be a little bit of a continuation of our last discussion, really, where last time we talked about the July days, and now Trotsky's talking more about the July days in the first chapter, just talking about why it was, uh, or or could, or why did the Bolsheviks not seize power in July? And uh, the, the long and the short of the chapter is that, yeah, the Bolsheviks probably could have seized the power in July because they had overwhelming support within Petrograd, but they didn't, and it would have been a bad move because the deep reserves, as Trotsky calls them, the soldiers at the front, the countryside, would not have understood why the Bolsheviks just smashed the Soviets, because that's what they would have had to have done in order to seize the power. And they would have all turned on the Bolsheviks and uh, pretty much slaughtered them in Petrograd, and that would have been a disaster. I think this is the okay. chapter two where Trotsky mentions something about uh, j just kind of like the the ironies of the slogans on the two different sides being like so outrageously similar. In July, kind of the Bolsheviks were calling for all power to the Soviets was their slogan, where the uh, compromiser socialist so uh, Soviet leaders were calling for uh, defend the Soviets. So on one side you had uh, defend the Soviets, and the other side you had all power to the Soviets. And Trotsky kind of makes the remark that, you know, this is uh, a very often misinterpreted thing in, like, medieval history where different peasant sects will have different interpretations of this or that verse from the Bible or whatever holy text. And historians are later like, oh, yes, they killed each other because they needed to figure out the, the best way to interpret this line. And really they were fighting over, like, you know, who gets to be a serf and who gets to go free and who gets the land and what tax rates are. It's just that they were parading under those slogans. Um, so that, that's, that was kind of amusing, really. Yeah, I, it is, it's amusing that a lot, lot of interesting commentary about Trotsky, but that a chapter... Hey, that doesn't really have much more substance as I believe. If like, uh, yeah, it, it provides a good explanation of exactly why I that was the case. Like, provides good evidence in terms of, of you know, of how every, every province, okay, obviously not every province, but how, how the province reacted at that time. I wanted you like this, and uh, you know what? A lot of stuff, but I don't think there's much more to this. Is about it. Like, yeah, uh, one can speculate that it comes from home. If it would have been better, it would have been worse for the revolution if the revolutionaries tried to shove the gun on the July days. But, but obviously, we can eventually know with the, what is and the, the, the alternate possibilities at that time. But, yeah. More than likely, it would have been a disaster. So, irrespectively, it will can see the Bolsheviks more than likely it can be right and say, okay, this is not the time, it's not the time yet. Word. So, long chapter, but yeah, that's pretty much the, the gist of that one. Um, and 
I, I guess Trotsky adds the additional context that like the timing of events here really screwed the Bolsheviks over too, and it's through no fault of their own, but we we talked earlier about the the colossal disaster that was the June offensive, but like we also talked about it like took a month for it to totally collapse. Well, it happened to coincide right around the time of the July semi-insurrection. So now the powers that be the can now start saying things like, "Oh, well, we the the offensive would have won and we would have been just fine if it weren't for this like, you know, insurrection in the rear. Like the Bolsheviks stabbed stabbed the army in the back through this big demonstration and we would have all been fine. Look, it only just collapsed right now, right when they did this thing. It's their right. fault. So are they blaming the, the Bolsheviks on like their basic failures and something like that? So yeah, like exactly. The Bolsheviks, when in reality, it was their incompetence that caused the problem. Not even so much incompetence, just the fact that the, the Russian army was incapable as a unit to be able to wage the offensive the offensive was always kind of like just a desperate play to uh basically to regain control of the army uh, and regain control of the, the country uh so it's it's not that it was like it was done incompetently but it just kind of like the material forces were lacking to be able to have a competent offensive in the first place. Um, but yeah, they, they blamed the Bolsheviks for the failure of the offensive. They, they, yeah, but they placed the, the full blame of everything on, on the Bolsheviks. They're like, look, as soon as they had this semi-insurrection that was led by the Bolsheviks, our, the, the offensive collapsed. Um, and then they start really leaning into this line of blaming the Bolsheviks, and they, they bust out all this like really absurd uh, slander about, like, Lenin and the Bolsheviks being, like, paid agents of Germany and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They still say that to this day. Like, on, like, on Reddit, for instance, like, on our enough commies game, like, they were saying that just Lenin was just a glorified German agent or something like that. Yeah, no, you absolutely see it to this day. And it's it's because it's, like, the only thing you can really say against it, because it's like, well, obviously Lenin and the Bolsheviks won, so you can't be like, oh, well, they, they can't win. They're not going to win. You can't say that anymore, because they did. So the only thing you can try to do is, like, make it a hollow victory by being like, oh, well, that wasn't really for the workers. That was that was for Germany, you know? And Trotsky gives a very thorough history of where these specific slanders came from what their sources were how they trace back and it's it's somewhat tedious but the fact that the slander has persisted to this day makes this a very useful chapter to be like if you actually wanted to argue with somebody like that you could you know you have your sources right here and you can just be like what do you mean this it's all made up you know you can you can Wait, all, you're, well, all you're saying is made up like look at this chapter right here Wait, what, what I didn't say, like, like, what you're saying is, like, made up or something. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things I do like about this chapter, too, is how Trotsky mentions, bef like, even before 1917, like, in from the period of the outbreak of the war, it was kind of like the go-to insult in Russia. Like, if, if someone was incompetent or, like, failing at the war or they were in political opposition... They just got labeled as German agents. Everybody from the Tsarina, like all the way up to the Tsarina, all the way, quote unquote, down to Lenin, like everybody was labeled a German agent at some point. Just like us, like just calling like everything just Chinese agent here in the United States. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's and it's funny, like like Trotsky says, it's like so uncreative that it's like been recycled and reused as as an epitaph for for like years. And he's like, well, that's just how things are. People are, you know, they don't put effort into making up a better lie because it's going to be a lie, you know. Come if they could come up with a better reason, like, they would have to actually have a reason, you know what I mean? Like, if, I don't know, if Lennon was a paid agent of England or something, then, like, if that happened to have been true, that it, Lennon was a paid agent of England, then they would have jumped on that instead, you know? They only stuck with the German thing because they didn't have anything else to make up. They couldn't make up that he was a paid English agent. In fact, it would have been kind of weird to, to accuse Lenin to be a paid English agent to sabotage Russia when, you know, or England was kind of, you know, terrorized in the middle of the war. I just was talking on you a little bit, really, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, I realized after I said it, I was like, wait a second, those were, oh, oh. Yeah, gonna... yeah, but... Uh, I just wanted to point out that uh, even besides all of the uh, good evidence that Trotsky gives on his chapter after or how the uh, theory of letting be that Sherman Asian makes no sense, but as or how flimsy the evidence is, or or how or something like that should have been probably uncovered or at least hinted at by at the previous investigations, at the previous decades worth of investigations done on, on Lenin and many other boys. Also, it's, it's by the uh, secret imperial uh, police or whatever the, uh, they actually call it, that, that even vision a lot that. What would you think that if Lenin really had been in the Sherman Asian, why the fuck of of Germany would have had invaded that they helped him, you know, get entered to Russia. If, if he was actually a German nation, don't, something they would have as well, search, uh, they would have sought, sought a way and to get him to Russia without having him travel to Germany because that would have made him look really fucking suspicious. It, it makes no sense for already to have gone to Germany, to Russia, and also be in a German nation that would have had to have been working in, in the interest for, you know, like over a decade or something, because that's, that's also something that just doesn't make sense. And, and so, so that it is, it led, and then it had to have been in, you know, Oh, a German nation from before, or Germany and Russia would have really been in, in conflict with it politically. Like, it, it's just so obvious when one thinks it about it for a minute that at Leninan, the Kaiser, and most of where, and for one minute, it islands of communion in the sense that the Germans really wanted Russia to be the start. I realized I saw an empire as a rival empire, and they thought all that during Lenin time would probably help, and you know, Lenin in the to go to Russia at that moment. 
And so, oh, yeah, there was a moment that in time in which it was the interest of the German Emperor and the interest of Vladimir Lady temporarily aligned on one single object. But that's hardly any evidence of him being a patient that would have, uh, had to have been, you know, working the long gone for decades. Yeah, I guess one thing, too, that kind of... Well, no, there's no real foundation to it anyway, so I'm not even going to bother to elucidate this. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting in, in this chapter that, um, you know, Trotsky makes reference to how Lenin's like, okay, they're, they're whipping up all this slander, you know? They're about to shoot us, so we should probably skedaddle, you know? And uh, Trotsky's like, you know, Lenin knew what was up. Uh, we'll just drop uh, Rosa Luxemburg and Karl Liebknecht here. You know, they they really would have killed us. So uh, it's a good thing that Lenin and everybody else went into hiding. You know, wait, are you talking about Rosa Luxemburg? Rosa Luxemburg was got assassinated. Exactly. Yeah, her and her and Karl Liebknecht were were both assassinated. Um, in circumstances not dissimilar to what is happening now and in, in July, uh, to to the Bolsheviks, where mm -hmm. the Spartacist group, which was the group that um Rosa and Karl were members of, was under heavy slander, uh, and then they got arrested and assassinated. So Lenin kind of saw it before it was coming. He was like, "Yo, they're they're setting this up that we're German agents, hey, so it's gonna be." Okay, so, like, Lennon was like, you all are going to be assassinated. Like, just look at what happened to, like, Rosa Luxemburg. Be careful out there. Well, in this case, too, um, it hadn't happened to Rosa and Carl just yet. They they uh, died in 1919. This is still back in 1917. Nine, eight, eight, 18. All so right. it's really... Oh, yeah, my bad. Really, you're good. It's, it's really a shame that um, Rosa and Carl didn't, like, take the lesson that Lenin was, like, objectively teaching everybody, you know? Like, he went into mm -hmm. hiding. He took Zinoviev into hiding. Um, kind of the only major Bolshevik who didn't go into hiding, as far as I'm aware, around Petrograd was Trotsky, but he could not go into hiding because he was a Soviet official, so... Um, he was—he had a little bit more protection from like assassination. Like, if a Soviet official had been assassinated, then it would have been a much bigger deal than like Lenin didn't actually have an official position in the Soviet until after October. So Trotsky didn't need to go into hiding at this point. Okay. But I, I think that's just kind of like a testament to like Lenin's prescience on this stuff where he's like, okay, this is getting a little sketchy. We need to be a little bit more careful now. We can't just parade out in the open like we have been. Um, Cause like up to that point. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I have a also question. A test yeah, Wait, sure. Who, fire away. Who's, who's going to ask who was like, who was like, you know, assassinate Lenin. Was it a member of the provisional government? What would have likely happened is all of the the, the Black Hundred, like, so in the chapter on the Great Slander, kind of the the circles of society that are manufacturing these slanders are, are like the, the intelligence services of the police stations who are kind of like Black Hundred elements. They're kind of like, um, like drunkard, corrupt police official kind of people. They would have been the ones who would have like carried out an arrest on Lenin, and they would have like you know, oh, Lenin was trying to escape when we arrested him. We had to shoot him. Oh yeah, pretty much. 
So it wouldn't have been like that the provisional government would have done it so much. It's just that like the the police department would have just been like, okay, we're gonna bring Lennon to trial for for these crimes about being a German agent. Oh, but he ran while we were trying to arrest him, so we had to shoot him. It's actually that that specific method of killing people uh, actually has a specific name because it happened so many times in in the Mexican Revolution in the 1910s. They called it the Le Fuga. Um, they had so many people that they just were like, "Oh yeah, they were trying to escape while we arrested them, so we had to shoot them." They just called it the Le Fuga. It happened so many times, and I may be saying it wrong. Yeah. Uh... Uh, there was a Spanish speaker here. I'm pretty sure. Or if if it was called anything like that, it would have been called I lay there for uh, Oh. You know, you, you mostly got the right. Just us, us. I was like, lay Yeah, yeah. Uh, lay there for because lay for doesn't really make any grammatical sense in Spanish. You need to watch something there in the middle of, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Well, I'm going to blame Alan Knight for that because in his History of the Mexican Revolution, he definitely just writes Le Fuga. I'm pretty sure he did not write Le De Fuga, so, but he's probably also a native English speaker, so I'm just inheriting grammatical mistakes from other native English speakers. Happy to be corrected. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, looked up what their uh, actual official name was uh, apparently and this is just a quick search in Spanish Google and all of that is was called Ley de Fugas which is probably the most grammatically correct way and you know what uh, Lay the fuga make a workbook. Lay the fuga as yeah, it, it makes the most sense. All right, all right, getting a little side Spanish language in here, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, it's it's for only who who do you think it it took people back in the and then, you know, before or mass communication, is he access to information like that. And who knows, do you think he took that and to realize, you know, there's a lot of, an awful lot of people who die just also when they're about to be encountered by the police. Just how much, how many decide to run despite, you know, that having in like a death sentence. Just that happens. I wonder what that is. How, how, the, how long do you think it took people to realize that something was off? Yeah, I guess not that long if they, they coined a term for it. You know, it must have happened, or, or, or it happened so much that, you know, despite the lack of communication because of its frequency. But uh, I kind of think that's that's all the interesting tidbits I remember out of these two chapters. Um, so we can just do two more chapters for next week. We get to kind of see the 
the consequences of all of this slander. Um, the Bolsheviks have yeah. to kind of duck down and lay low for uh, a little bit. So the other elements like hide, hide, so to speak. Yes, exactly. So so the other elements can kind of start to act slightly independently now that they won't be facing so much Bolshevik pressure. So it's kind of interesting to see, all right, reins back in your hands. What are y'all going to do now? And of course, they get themselves up to no good, but, you know, that's for next week. And I'm sure it's going to be a very entertaining read for us and a very entertaining tag next week. Uh, you know, I'll see you tomorrow for the last half part of our six-month punishment. I think it, it was. I think we have been punishing ourselves with volume two for six months. That That's going to be satisfactory to finally end that. Have a lot... Only the rest of your, your week, see, yes, I'll see you next week if you happen to join us too. Oh, oh, have a, you know what, have a, a great week, you too, oh, anonymous listener. I hope you're having a good okay. time too. Oh, this, this was have a good. And for some reason, I try to end this like this, a real podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless there's any other like thoughts or questions or anything. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, take care. All buddy. right. Have a good week. Take care. You too. Have Thanks like a nice n- like next week. Welcome. Well, yeah, I learned a lot about this whole thing, like talking to y'all, so so to speak. Yeah, no worries. And yeah, if if you're just dropping in without having uh, caught up on the context, Red. you can just like let us know. Just be like, hey, I kind of yeah. missed the last couple chapters. Where are we yeah, at? What's going on? And we can use that um that first five minutes where we're waiting for people. We can just kind of go over stuff. Yeah, I think we, I could I could have done that, but yeah, I did say I didn't read. Yeah, yeah I, no I could have done that. Sorry, you guys should have. Nah, that's all right. It's all a learning process, you know. Okay. But, all right, take care, dude. Take care. Take care, Rob.